Story seven of Strictly Business More Stories of the Four Million by O. Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. Story seven The Robe of Peace mysteries follow one another so closely in a great city that the reading public and the friends of johnny bellchambers have ceased to marvel at his sudden and unexplained disappearance nearly a year ago this particular mystery has now been cleared up but the solution is so strange and incredible to the mind of the average man that only a select few who were in close touch with bellchambers will give it full credence johnny bellchambers as is well known belonged to the intrinsically inner circle of the elite without any of the ostentation of the fashionable ones who endeavor to attract notice by eccentric display of wealth and show he was fee in everything that gave deserved lustre to his high position in the ranks of society especially did he shine in the matter of dress in this he was the despair of imitators always correct exquisitely groomed and possessed of an unlimited wardrobe he was conceded to be the best dressed man in new york and therefore in america there was not a tailor in gotham who would not have deemed it a precious boon to have been granted the privilege of making bellchambers clothes without a cent of pay as he wore them they would have been a priceless advertisement trousers were his especial passion here nothing but perfection would he notice he would have worn a patch as quickly as he would have overlooked a wrinkle he kept a man in his apartments always busy pressing his ample supply his friend said that three hours was the limit of time that he would wear these garments without exchanging bell chambers disappeared very suddenly for three days his absence brought no alarm to his friends and then they began to operate the usual methods of inquiry all of them failed he had left absolutely no trace behind then the search for a motive was instituted but none was found he had no enemies he had no debts there was no woman there were several thousand dollars in his bank to his credit he had never showed any tendency toward mental eccentricity in fact he was of a particularly calm and well-balanced temperament every means of tracing the vanished man was made use of but without avail it was one of those cases more numerous in late years where men seemed to have gone out like a flame of a candle leaving not a trail of smoke as a witness in may tom ayers and lancelot gilliam two of bellchambers's old friends went for a little run on the other side while pottering around in italy and switzerland 
they happened one day to hear of a monastery in the swiss alps that promised something outside of the ordinary tourist beguiling attractions the monastery was almost inaccessible to the average sightseer being on an extremely rugged and precipitous spur of the mountains the attractions it possessed but did not advertise were first an exclusive and divine cordial made by the monks that was said to far surpass benedictine and chartreuse next a huge brass bell so purely and accurately cast that it had not ceased sounding since it was first rung three hundred years ago finally it was asserted that no englishman had ever set foot within its walls ayers and gilliam decided that these three reports called for investigation it took them two days with the aid of two guides to reach the monastery of st gondra it stood upon a frozen wind-swept crag with the snow piled about it in treacherous drifting masses they were hospitably received by the brothers whose duty it was to entertain the infrequent guest they drank of the precious cordial finding it rarely potent and reviving they listened to the great ever-echoing bell and learned that they were pioneer travellers in those grey stone walls over the englishman whose restless feet have trodden nearly every corner of the earth at three o'clock on the afternoon they arrived the two young gothamites stood with good brother christopher in the great cold hallway of the monastery to watch the monks march past on their way to the refectory they came slowly pacing by twos with their heads bowed treading noiselessly with sandaled feet upon the rough stone flags as the procession slowly filed past ayers suddenly gripped gilliam by the arm look he whispered eagerly at the one just opposite you now the one on this side with his hand at his waist if that isn't johnny bellchambers then i never saw him gilliam saw and recognized the lost glass of fashion what the deuce he said wonderingly is old bell doing here tommy it surely can't be he never heard of bell having a turn for the religious fact is i've heard him say things when a foreign hand didn't seem to tie up just right that would bring him up for court-martial before any church it's bell without a doubt said ayers firmly or i'm pretty badly in need of an oculist but think of johnny bellchambers the royal high chancellor of swell togs and the mahatma of pink teas up here in cold storage doing penance in a snuff-coloured bathrobe i can't get it straight in my mind let's ask the jolly old boy that's doing the honours brother christopher was appealed to for information by that time the monks had passed into the refectory he could not tell to which one they referred bell chambers ah the brothers of st gondro abandoned their worldly names when they took the vows did the gentleman wish to speak with one of the brothers if they would come to the refectory 
and indicate the one they wished to see the reverend abbot in authority would doubtless permit it ayers and gilliam went into the dining hall and pointed out to brother christopher the man they had seen yes it was johnny bellchambers they saw his face plainly now as he sat among the dingy brothers never looking up eating broth from a coarse brown bowl permission to speak to one of the brothers was granted to the two travellers by the abbot and they waited in a reception-room for him to come when he did come treading softly in his sandals both ayers and gilliam looked at him in perplexity and astonishment it was johnny bellchambers but he had a different look upon his smooth-shaven face was an expression of ineffable peace of rapturous attainment of perfect and complete happiness his form was proudly erect his eyes shone with a serene and gracious light he was as neat and well-groomed as in the old new york days but how differently he was clad now he seemed clothed in but a single garment a long robe of rough brown cloth gathered by a cord at the waist and falling in straight loose folds nearly to his feet he shook hands with his visitors with his old ease and grace of manner if there was any embarrassment in that meeting it was not manifested by johnny bellchambers the room had no seats they stood to converse glad to see you old man said ayers somewhat awkwardly wasn't expecting to find you up here not a bad idea though after all society's an awful sham must be a relief to shake the giddy whirl and retire to er contemplation and uh prayer and hymns and those things oh cut that tommy said bell chambers cheerfully don't be afraid that i'll pass around the plate i go through these thingabobs with the rest of these old boys because they are the rules i'm brother ambrose here you know i'm given just ten minutes to talk to you fellows that's rather a new design in waistcoats you have on isn't it gilliam are they wearing those things on broadway now it's the same old johnny said gilliam joyfully what the devil i mean why oh confound it what did you do it for old man peel the bathrobe pleaded ayers almost tearfully and go back with us the old crowd to go wild to see you this isn't your line bell i know half a dozen girls that wore the willow on the quiet when you shook us in that unaccountable way hand in your resignation or get a dispensation or whatever you have to do to get a release from this ice factory you'll get catarrh here johnny and my god you haven't any socks on bellchambers looked down at his sandaled feet and smiled you fellows don't understand he said soothingly it's nice of you to want me to go back but the old life will never know me again i have reached here the goal of all my ambitions i am entirely happy and contented here i shall remain for the remainder of my days you see this robe that i wear bellchambers caressingly touched the straight hanging garment at last i've found something that will not bag at the knees i have attained at that moment the deep boom of the great brass bell reverberated through the monastery 
it must have been a summons to immediate devotions for brother ambrose bowed his head turned and left the chamber without another word a slight wave of his hand as he passed through the stone doorway seemed to say a farewell to his old friends they left the monastery without seeing him again and this is the story that tommy ayers and lancelot gilliam brought back with them from their latest european tour end of story seven the robe of peace